Good morning, everyone, and welcome to my Parsha Share. It's wonderful to be with you. And you know that uh, one of the most incredible aspects of Bereshis is you cannot keep up with the pace of the stories. They just keep on coming. And uh, you can give a share on the Parshas of Bereshis on an ongoing basis for year after year, as I have, and never struggle to find something to say about the Parsha because there's so much to say. Today we're going to talk about something that's actually mentioned twice in this week's Parsha, um, but on each occasion it's slightly different. If you recall, the story is that Yaakov Avinu is returning from Padan Aram, which is also called Choron, where he lived for 20 years in the home of his uncle Lavon. And Lavon was um, causing him such anguish that eventually he said, I've had enough, and God told him, leave, go back home. Time has come for you to go, go back to your parents' home, to Eretz Yisrael, and that's where he went. But he was extremely frightened because Esau, his brother, who had threatened to kill him, and had made it known that his life was in danger if he would ever come back, was still there. He still lived in, in Eretz Canaan, and therefore, on his way back, he was extremely concerned as to how he would repel the uh, evil Esau who wanted to kill him. As it turned out, the meeting was a bit of a uh, damp squib. Nothing much happened, but the anticipation of it and everything that happened in advance is extremely important. And then Jacob was back, and the narrative continues with his uh, family dramas, etc. But before he met Esau, he had an encounter with someone who the Medrash calls the Sar Shal Esau, the uh, angel, the spiritual aspect of Esau, uh, went into battle during the course of the night with Yaakov Avinu before he met his brother. And at the end of this very curious exchange, which, uh, which by the way, I have covered in a previous year at one of my Parsha Shurim. You can listen to it online. I don't think we were yet as sophisticated as to have it as a video online, but you can certainly hear the Shur online. His battle with the Sarshal Esau, his fight with him, he was injured. The Sarshal Esau eventually was overcome. And he tells Yaakov Avinu, your name is going to change. You're no longer to be called Yaakov. You're going to be called... Yisrael, why? Ki sarisa im elokim ve'im anoshim vatuchal. You have battled, uh, or you have fought, you have engaged with both God and man, and you have uh, emerged victorious. Vatuchal. So his name changes from Yaakov to Yisrael. That's at the beginning of the parsha. At the end of the parsha. In, in Perik Lamad Hay, Pasuk Tests, we see the following. Vayera Eloikim El Yaakov, God appeared to Yaakov. Oid Bavoyoi Mi Padan Aram. As he comes away from Padan Aram and he comes back to Eretz Yisrael, God appears to him. Vayoim Eloikim Shimcha Yaakov. God says to him, You know, your name is Yaakov, Jacob. But your name is no longer going to be Yaakov. I'm changing your name. Ki'im Yisrael, the name that you are, no, are now going to be given, is Israel. Yisrael, and he called him Israel. He called Yaakov Israel. So, so Yaakov now has a second name. You know, there's a lot of us, by the way, who have two names. Um, I'm called Pinchas, Pinny. Everybody knows me by that name. My name is also Eliezer. So what's the big deal? What's the big deal in a name? What does a name convey? It's important to know. Uh, and there's, I've written about it, by the way, on several occasions about the uh, importance of a name. And by the way, particularly when it comes to the Torah, also Tanakh, I mean, Nevi'im Kesuvim, but Torah in particular... Names are extremely important, but to the extent that we don't necessarily know that the name by which someone is known in the Torah was the name that they were referred to when someone called them for lunch. For example, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu's name was Tovia. That's the name he was given. But that's not the name we know him by. What's the name we know him by? 
Kimin Hamai Mishisihu. Basya, the daughter, by the way, that's an interesting name as well. We'll get to that in a moment. The daughter of Paroi pulled him out of the water. Kimin Hamai Mishisihu. And therefore he is called Moshe. He was pulled out of the water. Basya, what does the name Basya mean? It means daughter of God. Why was she called daughter of God? Because she was the daughter of Pharaoh, who was the god of Egypt. What was her real name? Could have been Caroline, for all I know. I've got no idea what her name was. But the name that she is known by in the Torah is Basya. That's extremely important. It's important to know the name by which someone is referred to in the Torah. The name that Yaakov Avinu, that Jacob, our patriarch, our forefather, was referred to in the Torah, is Yaakov. Suddenly, he has a fight with the Sar Shal Esav. His name changes to Yisrael. And then God later on in Perik Lamed Hay confirms that change of name, but he adds something. He says, your name is no longer going to be Yaakov. Your name is going to be Yisrael. That's what we're going to be looking at today in this really fabulous Nesivas Sholem that I've chosen to base today's shir on. Let's have a look at what the Nesivas Sholem says. He quotes the Gemara in Brochus. The Gemara in Brochus says, How exactly are we under- understand the fact that he is still called Yaakov or that people can still refer to him as Yaakov? There's schools that are called Beis Yaakov. There's people who are called Yaakov. We still refer when we speak about Yaakov Avinu as Yaakov. How is that possible? If he changed his name, he went through the process, the legal process. I mean, it doesn't get more legal than God changing your name. And he's now called Yisrael. Why do we still call him Yaakov? Okay, we know when we refer to him historically. For a story that took place before his name was changed, obviously in that situation he is called Yaakov. But afterwards, why would we ever refer to Yaakov Avinu as Yaakov Avinu? We should refer to him as Yisrael Avinu. So let's see what he says. The Gemara says, Shari Gambi Yaakov Nemar Leikari Shimcha Oid Yaakov. Sorry, let me go back. Vine Isibu Gemara. The Gemara says, Brachas Tafyud Gimel Amud Aleph. Kol Avram, Avram, Oiver Baasei. Anybody who refers to Avraham Avinu as Avram, his original name was Avram without the hay in it. If you ever refer to him as Avram, you are actually transgressing a sin. Why? Shenem Avalaykare Oide Shimcha Avram, Vaya Shemecha Shimcha Avraham. Because the Pesach says that no longer should anyone refer to you as Avram. Your name henceforth from now on is Avraham. So the Gemara asks, if that's the case, shouldn't it be exactly the same with Yaakov? It says exactly the same wording when it comes to Yaakov, that... He should no longer be called Yaakov from now on. He should be called Yisrael. And the Gemara answers in Brachas Tafyud Gimel Amad Aleph. You can look it up. Shiny Hossam. It's different in that situation. In other words, there is a difference between Avraham Avram and Yaakov Yisrael. What's the difference? We go after what the Pasuk itself does. What did God do when he appeared to Yaakov Avinu at night before he went to Mitzrayim? What did God call him? Did he call him Yisrael? No, he said, Don't be afraid of going down to Egypt. In other words, God himself calls Yaakov Avinu Yaakov. So why can't we call him Yaakov? We know that in the Torah, after Avraham's name was changed to Avram, he was never called Avram again, not by God, not by anyone else. But Yaakov Avinu was referred to as Yaakov by God, and therefore we can do the same as God. Even after God 
had changed Yaakov's name to Yisrael, he still referred to him as Yaakov. He had still had that name. He hadn't lost the name. It hadn't been abandoned. So even though the Pesach says you should no longer be called Yaakov, he was called Yaakov. By the way, that's a bit of a puzzle, so we need to understand that. V'yesh Lahovit says the Nesivas Sholem, we need to understand, we need to really get to the bottom of this. Why, in fact, did Yaakov retain his original name? Why did he retain that name? And that someone who calls Yaakov, Yaakov is not transgressing a sin by referring to him in that way as one would if one called Avraham, Avram. That's the first question. And the second question is, Let's think about the other patriarchs. Who were the other patriarchs? Abraham and Isaac. Did they have another name? Bit unfair, isn't it? I mean, why does Yaakov get the two names? And, and Avraham and Yitzhak don't. So you're going to say Avraham, Avram. It's two different names. No, it's really the same name. Just one of them has an extra letter. So Avram has one name. And Yitzhak has one name. But Yaakov has two names. He's so lucky. He gets to be called Yaakov and Yisrael. Why doesn't Avraham get another name? Maybe he wants to be called Nigel. Why doesn't Isaac get another name? Perhaps he wants to be called Archibald. Why do they not get a second name? And Yaakov Avinu is so lucky he gets a second name. That's the second question of the Nesiva Shalom. Oid Tzorich Bir. We also need to understand, says the Nesiva Shalom. The fact that the Posuk includes the word Oid, that God appeared to Yaakov Avinu Oid still. What does the Posuk tell us by adding the word Oid? I'm not sure I'm going to get to the answer of this to this particular question because the Nasiba Shalom is long, but we'll do as much of it as we can, and if we can at least summarize that part of it, we will. Why does the Pasuk say when referring to this past, to this uh, particular incident where God appeared to Yaakov Avinu, where it says that he came from Padan Aram, what's that got to do with him changing his name? What exactly? Why exactly do we need to know that he came from Padan Aram, from Choron, from the house of Lavan, with regard to the change of his name? that we need to know that only Israel is going to be his name from now on. That's the fourth question of the Nesiva Shalom. And finally, we need to understand, in that incident later on, not in this week's parsha, but where God appears to Yaakov Avinu before he goes to Mitzrayim, and he says to him, Yaakov, Yaakov, Nemru, Beis Hashemos, we have both names, we have Yisrael, it says, Yisrael. God said to Yisrael, and it says, Yaakov, Yaakov, and then he refers to him, he calls him Yaakov, Yaakov, he says his name twice, why? Pasach Yisrael, Yaakov, why did he start the Pasuk off with Yisrael, and end it by referring to Yaakov Avinu as Yaakov. Those are all the different questions that Nesivas Shalom poses, but they all boil down to the same thing. Clearly, there's an issue with names, and we need to try and understand the importance and the centrality of the Yaakov Yisrael name for Yaakov Avinu, and what it means for us as, what are we referred to as the Bnei Yisrael, Israelites. The Jewish nation is not referred to in the Torah as Jewish, that's a much later name. That came about as a result of the fact that the Romans, when dealing with Jews in, um, in the time of the second Beis HaMikdash, were dealing with Jews who lived in Yehuda, And they were known as Judeans, and the country was known as Judea. And that's why we are called Jews. But actually, we are either Hebrews, or, more correctly, we are Israelites. Why? Because we are the Bnei Yisrael, Klal Yisrael, Knesset Yisrael, Am Yisrael. The name of the country uh, is Yisrael. Today we have a modern state of Israel. It's called Medinat Yisrael. Why? Because Israel is our name. We need to understand what that name actually conveys. What does it mean? Why are we not called Am Yaakov or Klal Yaakov or 
Beis Yaakov, we do use that expression when referring to a girl's school, by the way, because that's a very specific reference in the Torah. But why are we not referred to as the Bnei Yaakov? Why are we called the Bnei Yisra? That's really what we're going to be dealing with today. What's in a name? You need to understand that when it comes to the service of God, our relationship with God, when the Nesiva Shalom talks about Avoidas Hashem, he's not talking about necessarily service. He's talking about how do we get close to Hashem? In what method or how can we characterize ourselves as being close to Hashem? What is the nature of this relationship? Yesh derech avoida kavonim. There is a relationship of a child to a father. Shehoya shehi avoida mehaba. That is a relationship of love. A relationship between a parent and a child is a relationship of love. Yesh derech kavodim. But there's also another relationship between us and God, and that is a relationship of a servant to a master. Avoida meira. What is that? That is the relationship of fear. When we are fearful of upsetting the master, and that's the relationship we have with God. So we have, on the one hand, we have a relationship of love, and that's the relationship that is of a ben, of a child. And then we have a relationship of yura, which is more like an eved, more like a servant, or the correct translation, actually, from the Hebrew is not servant, it's slave. And the Sefer Torah of us says as follows. In on Rosh Hashanah, we have a tefillah where we talk about Hayoyim Yamid Bamishpat. Today we stand before you in judgment. Kol Oilamim, all the creations of your universe. Im Kavonim, Im Kavodim. Whether it be that we are children or whether it be that we are servants, slaves. In other words, we have this concept in Jewish tradition. That there's two elements to our relationship with God. There is a relationship of closeness, of very close proximity, um, a deep emotional bond that is like the bond between a parent and a child, a child and a parent. And then there is the relationship of avodim. There's some distance in that relationship. It's a more formal relationship. It's a relationship of someone who is fearful of their master. They don't want their master to be angry with them. That is relationship of fear. And the mishpat that we have on Rosh Hashanah is exactly around this topic. What does that mean? Were we, during the previous year, did we behave towards Hashem as if we were children or were we towards Hashem as if we were servants or slaves? That exactly um, that's what the uh, the Torah Sa'ovis says about this particular passage, this particular section statement of the Tfilois, the davening that we do on Rosh Hashanah. And there's a Posuk in Tehillim in Peri Kufyu Tes, Posuk Tzadi Aleph. Kufyu Tes is the uh, chapter of Tehillim which goes according to the Aleph base. And every letter has eight psukim. And in the posuk that uh, begins with a hey, it says, uh, sorry, the posuk that begins uh, with um, Lamed, Lamed, lemishpatecha omdu hayoim, you stand, um, your judgment, um, we stand before you today, because everyone is your servant or your slave. Because even though the avoider, the relationship, let's call it that, the um, contact or how we relate to God is best if it's done through the format of being God's child. Every single person needs at some point in their lives to understand that they are servants of God. So you can be very close and very intimate um, and emotionally connected like a child to a father, to God. But nevertheless, you must always understand that there is that formal element to the relationship, like an Eved to his master. 
because there are times when a Jewish person needs to overcome a great challenge. And just by being a child, you won't be able to understand that. I know that many who are watching this have children. Your children don't always listen to you. By the way, does that mean they don't love you? Hmm. I think they love us very much. Our children certainly love us. So why don't they listen? Because they don't have that element necessarily of formality, of fear, of retribution, of upsetting us. And therefore, they may go against our wishes. I know it's difficult to believe, but children do go go against their parents' wishes. And if we were just to have a relationship with God, where the relationship was one of deep, close, personal contact, an emotional bond like a child to a parent, and then that parent tells us, you've got to keep Shabbos. You know what? Maybe we wouldn't keep Shabbos. Why? Because our parents, ah, he'll be okay with it. Don't worry. It doesn't matter if we didn't keep Shabbos. What's the big deal? Doesn't really make a difference. He's our parent. He loves us anyway. We love him. But if it's a relationship of an Eved to the master, a relationship of what we call Yirads, we're going to see, then that relationship is quite different. You always have to have the element of Yirad in there to make sure that when we have a mitzvah to observe, that we're going to observe it, because if it's only from a Hava, we may not end up observing it. You're going to see that the Nesiva Shalom is going to define it in greater detail. And sometimes children fall out with their parents. Can you imagine that? Children don't always get on with their parents. And they don't have that great close bond, that connection, that contact with their parents. That means they're going to do as a child might do for a parent if they had that relationship. What happens then? If we don't have a relationship with God, what's going to happen? Says Knowing that there is a higher power, having that relationship of an Eved to a master, of an Eved Hashem, that's something that's constant. That doesn't go away. If you truly appreciate, if you, if you truly understand it. So we understand that it's something to be desired to have a relationship of a ben, of a child to a father. But the knowing that there is a higher power that can do things and that can exact, as it were, retribution to you if you do something wrong, knowing that that relationship is constant, knowing that there is a quid pro quo to the way you live your life as to how things are going to turn out, that's something that's constant. But the relationship between a parent and a child, that's not necessarily constant. That can go through ebbs and flows. Now let's understand the different avois, the different uh, patriarchs, the forefathers of the Jewish nation. Who is Avraham Avinu? Who is he? What does he represent to us? He is the middah of chesed and ahava, the middah of kindness, the attribute of kindness and of of uh, causeless love, the Yitzchak. What about Isaac? What is his midah? How is he represented in the Torah and in the Torah Shabbat Peh? Midosai gavura v'yira. This is um, a, character, a character of strength, a character of yira, of awe. That's the way we translate it. Yira is not fear. It's awe. A-W-E. An important word to know. God is awesome, and we have to have awe of God. The Ilu Yaakov Avinu, who midas tiferes. So Yaakov Avinu has a tiferes midah. What is tiferes? Hakoyleles chesed ugvura ahavavira. He inherited the characteristics of his grandfather, and he also inherited the characteristics of his father. So he had both Avraham Avinu within him. And he had the Midah of Yaakov, of Yitzchak, in him. And therefore, And as we know from the holy books and from our rabbinic forebears, We know that the way to God is sometime the Midah of Ahava. Kedugmas Torah va'avoida. What's the loving relationship we have with God when we study Torah 
And when we do things for Hashem, because we want to do them, you know what? how you demonstrate love? I just want to do something for you. Do you need something? Can I help you? Can I get you something? You want that? I'll do it. And I won't just do it. I'm going to do it in the best possible way. I'm going to do everything I can for you. I'm going to give my life over to you. Why? Because I have love for you. That's the middle of love. That's a character of love, of Ahava and of Chesed. And But there is also an aspect of a relationship which is to do with Yiras Hashem, to do with fear, to do with awe. What's that? When, when you are involved or somehow engaged with the things that you desire in life that are not necessarily the best thing for you or things that Hashem doesn't want you to do. At that stage, you have to say, the reason I'm not doing it is because I don't want to upset that person. And because I'm fearful that if I upset that person that that relationship's going to go or there's going to be retribution or whatever it is. That's a Yira aspect. I'm not going to do something that is going to um, act as a, as a destructive force in the relationship. That's a Midah of Yira Hashem. Your material, physical desires. You have to strengthen your Midah of all. Shekain im yachaz oz bemidas hava elohu lipoil. If if in that um, in that situation you'll be you'll be more likely to collapse under the strain of the desire. You won't be able to withstand it. That beautiful passage that we always recite on a Friday night about the worthy and upright woman. We say, And one of the attributes that we put in her court, as it were, is we say, Isha yiras Hashem Who is the type of woman that we truly appreciate? One who is a Yerei Hashem. Some uh, woman who is has an awe, has a deep understanding of the awesomeness of God. She has a fear of God. Why specifically when it comes to a woman do we say that? Because these types of tavois in relation to a woman between a man and a woman, it's a man speaking. When it comes to a relationship between a man and a woman, the only type of um, relationship with God that's going to help us withstand our natural inclination, our natural instinct perhaps to not behave entirely correctly is if we have Yiras Hashem and Isha Yiras Hashem Hitesalo. And therefore, it's a woman who displays this particular attribute and is going to, in a relationship that, that they have with us men is going to relate to us in that fashion. That is the most appreciated type of woman that we could mix with. It makes no difference how the woman looks or what she does. But Isha Yiras Hashem Hitisalo. Because if it's purely a relationship of one which is quite informal, then then things could happen which we would later regret. Um, and therefore, when it comes to a Jew, we need both. We need to have the middle of a hava. We need to be bonim, lashem aloykechem, but we also need to be evodim. We need to be servants, slaves to Hashem, who are operating through this middle of yira. Harezu taklitz hashlemus. A person who is truly complete can only be complete if they are able to withstand the pressures of the yira situation. And are able to have a loving and warm and deeply profound emotional relationship with God, the Ahava type, the Bonim type. Now we can understand Indian Beis Hashemus Yaakov Israel. Now we understand why the names Yaakov and Israel are both relevant and both important and both pertinent, even after Yaakov Avinu's name changed to Yisrael. Yaakov. What's the name Yaakov? What does it mean? Yaakov is a name that conveys a message. 
we know that Yaakov Avinu, whenever he named his children, or his wives named their children, they named them according to something that happened, or some message that they wished to impart, and that made the name relevant to this particular birth. Every name is a reference to the person in that particular situation. Yaakov Avinu, why was he called Yaakov Avinu? The name itself conveys his power to overcome the Yetzahara, um, uh, as it says. When he was born, he was the second one to come out. And he was holding on to Esau's heel. The heel of Esau is the pinnacle of physical, material desires. Who represents the ultimate form of materialism, of giving in to one's material desires and his heel. That is where he, he, somehow it's all concentrated in Esau's heel. And Yaakov Avinu was holding on to it. He was misgaber. The Yodoi, a chezes, but a cave Esau, connected his gabrus hatavois haderachiba midas ayira. And we know that the only way to overcome your physical material desires is to overpower, to gain power over your Yetzahara. So Yaakov, the word Yaakov comes from a cave comes from this story at the beginning of Yaakov's life when he was born, that he managed to overcome Esau, as it were, by grabbing onto his heel. That's the middle of Yira. What about Israel? Where does the name Israel come from? Shehu Oisiois Liroish. Do you know where it comes from? It's the same letters as Liroish. I have a head. I have a head, Li Roish, Moira al Havoida, Beshoa, Shenigash Lasik, Betora Bavoida Sashem. It's the ultimate form of spiritual awareness, intellectual awareness of God's existence. Yisrael, I have a head, I know what's going on. I'm not just trying to overcome challenges and to jump over hurdles and avoid uh, disturbances to my equilibrium. That's a low level. That's a low grade relationship with God. I'm Yisrael. I'm Li Roish. She'oz tzorich lekayim v'yigave liboi b'darke Hashem. Ultimately, if you have control over your head, if you understand what's going on in the world, if you realize the true existence or what it, the nature of true existence, you know that God exists and you know that you want to be close to God, that's a next level. That's a grade up. Then you've elevated yourself. The words of Yisrael are also, if you mix them around, God is straight. Ultimately, God is the attribute of kindness. The kindness of God is all day, it says in the Pasuk. Or every day. And kindness, that is love. Because in this way, we can, um, through kindness, we can find within us the middle of love and go in the highest possible way. Now we have these two names. Now we get it. Now we really understand. Why is he called Yaakov? Well, we know why he's called Yaakov. Why is he called Yisrael? Well, we know why he's called Yisrael. We see here the combination. Somehow there's a fusion within Yaakov Avinu of both Ahava and Yira. He has Yira in Yaakov. He has Ahava in Yisrael. He has both and they are combined. Now we understand why initially he was called Yaakov. The Zohar, the holy book of Kabbalism, of the Kabbalah, says as follows. It's in Chelek Aleph, Yud Aleph. It says as follows. Do you want to know what the first level is for a human being to come close to God? 
Yiras Hashem. First, you have to understand that Yira comes first. Shenema Reishis Chochma Yiras Hashem. The first form of wisdom that you can have is Yiras Hashem. I'll, I'll give you a good example of it from practical life. The first thing you need to do if you see a child running into the road is grab them. And they start crying. Well, why are you grabbing me? You hurt me. We don't want them to come run over. We want them to be very frightened of running in the road. Later on, when intellectually they can understand it, we can sit them down. We say, we love you very much. And we don't want you to get hurt. And the road is full of cars and they're whizzing past. And they're not always looking for a child that's running into them. And maybe you'll get run over. That's the next level. It's the next stage. The first stage is... The first thing you need to know is you need to have fear. Fear of something going wrong. Fear of something being bad so that you make sure to try and avoid it. Then you can work to the level of love. And that's what the Zohar says. The second level, perhaps the ultimate level, is Ahava Sashem. Even though we know, says the Zohar, that Ahavas Hashem is the ultimate form of relationship with God. We know that to be true. Baram. First, you need to go through the challenges of Yira. First, you need to appreciate Yira Hashem in order to get to Ahavas Hashem. By the way, this is one of the big, um, the, one of the most important and easily understood reasons why we shouldn't study Kabbalah before we've studied Torah and Halacha. We don't... St- Kabbalah is a study of the most intimate aspects of God. You want to know Kabbalah? No, but of course you can know Kabbalah. Anyone can look at a Kabbalistic book and they can understand what the words say. They may, may even understand the concepts. But what is the point of understanding the concepts, which are concepts of love, if you haven't yet been through the difficulties and the challenges of initiating the relationship with God? What's the point? It's like, you know, I have a deep relationship with somebody, but I've never met them before. I have a deep relationship with somebody, but I have no idea what they like or what they don't like. That doesn't make any sense. First is, that's what the Zoya says, The first thing you need to know is, what does the Torah say? How do I keep Shabbos? How do I keep Yom Tov? How do I keep Kosher? How do I make sure I'm a good Jew? That's the first thing. The second thing is, Then you can get to the level. Once you know what you're doing, once you know what it means to be a Jew, all the challenges and difficulties and hurdles that lie in the face of somebody who wants to be a good Jew or wants to be a true Jew, then you can get to the level of studying Kabbalah. And, You need to understand that when you have fear of something, that holds you back. It makes sure that you stay on the straight and narrow. We all want to stay on the straight and narrow. That's what we want. And the only way you're going to do it is by not being too relaxed. There has to be an element of kind of trepidation, of fear, of knowing that you could do something wrong. You could put a foot wrong. And that putting a foot wrong could ruin the relationship. That's very, very important. Because if you still have, as it's referred to here, as Dam Tome, impure blood, there's some part of you which is not totally devoted, not totally in line with that relationship. The relationship is never going to work. The first way, the way you begin is by Yiras Hashem. Grab hold of Esau's heel. That's the first thing you need to do. Be Yaakov Avinu. Grab hold of the heel. That's the way you should do it. Shehu, um, um, what does it mean? Miloshon Shiltoin, control. Take control. Sheshoilet Ba'akev Esau. You're in control of the heel of Esau. Bekoyach Midas Hayira. How? Because you have this middah, this attribute of yira. You have an awe in relationship to, in your relationship with Hashem. You understand that. And only after that, and only once he has been Yaakov, only once he has been in a situation where he's had that name, he's lived that life, 
now your name doesn't have to be Yaakov anymore. Shemidos hayira adayin eineno hatachlis. Because now this midah is no longer of paramount importance. Not that it doesn't exist. It's inherent in him. It's latent in him at all times. But that's no longer predominant. Ki im Yisrael Yeshmecha. Now he gets to the next level. He rises above the Yaakov level and he becomes Yisrael. Shashem Yisrael Moira alavoida. Because now he's Yisrael. His relationship with Hashem is totally based on Ahava. And that's what Hashem means when he says to him, from now on, only Israel is going to be your name, Yisrael. Why? Ultimately, his real name, the name that truly defines who Yaakov Avinu is, is Yisrael. You're still Yaakov, by the way, because you still have that Yaakov within you. It didn't go away. You need the Yaakov in order to be Yisrael. But your real name, the ultimate definition of who you are, is Yisrael. That's why we are called the Jewish nation. Not Jewish, the Israelite nation. Tomid B'Shem Yisrael. We are always referred to as B'nai Yisrael. Am Yisrael. Knesset Yisrael. The name of the country is Eret Yisrael. Why? Because Israel is what defines us as a nation. Why? Because ultimately, because who we are as a Jewish nation, as an Israelite nation, is Yisrael. Our relationship is like one of children to God, our Father. But it has to begin from a platform, from a springboard of Yaakov. Without Yaakov, we could never be Yisrael. Without Yaakov, Yaakov could have, could have never been Yisrael. It's only because he was Yaakov that he got to the level of Yisrael. But ultimately, we are descended from the Yisrael aspect of Yaakov, not from the Yaakov aspect. And that's why we're called Yisrael. And why do we elevate Yaakov to Yisrael? How do we understand that? There's a Gemara in Yuma. It's quoted by many of the holy books. And the Gemara in Yuma, says, If a person sanctifies himself from below, then he will be sanctified from above. If you work on yourself and have a relationship with God that's based on Yira, that's based on totally getting control over yourself in terms of your physical and material desires, then you have a chance, if that's your desire, if that's your aim, if that's your destination, to be sanctified in the above level, which is... Your God will help you in being a Kaddish and sanctifying and turning into something holy. Those elements of you that are considered Elyonim, above and beyond, not physical, material things, but something more. In with your brain, with your thoughts, that which you do, you study Torah and you do things in the service of God. They shouldn't just be mundane. I'm doing them. I, Listen, I need to keep Shabbos because if I don't keep Shabbos, God is going to be very, very angry with me. That's not a reason to keep Shabbos. By the way, it's a great start as to why you keep Shabbos. But if that's why you keep Shabbos, you never reach the level of Ahava. Do you know why I want to keep Shabbos? Because I love Hashem. Now, it's never going to work if that's how you start. Because you'll think to yourself, well, if Hashem loves me and I love Hashem, even if I don't keep this particular aspect of Shabbos, I'm going to be okay. Why? Because Hashem loves me and I love Hashem. I have this warm, fuzzy relationship with Hashem and that's why it all works. No, that doesn't work. First, you have to have a level of Yaakov. First, you have to have a level, level of down below, of making sure that you know that all the laws of Shabbos are important. I have to keep them. And then, once you've got that basis, that foundation, then you can have the next level, which is referred to as Mekachin Oisai Milamala. And now we can understand something here as well. Initially, when Yaakov Avinu was born, it was all about grabbing hold of Esau's 
heal. That's all it was. He needed to be in control. He needed to have that relationship of Yira. But Mechemes connected his Gabrus I need to make sure I'm in control. And in my battle with the Yetzara, I'm going to be victorious. And that stage is only called Yaakov because that's all there was. And then the angel, the Sarshal Esav, says to him, Now you're no longer Yaakov. Now you're at a whole new level. You elevated yourself. You've become something much more. You are victorious at every level. You are the ultimate Yaakov. You are the ultimate Oichezes Akev Esav. You are brilliant at that. But now we need to get you to the next level. You need to break through that glass ceiling and you need to be a Yisrael. You need to be a lover of Hashem. Once you've already on every front managed to overcome the base aspects of life, now you can be Yisrael. You were completely successful. You were victorious in all the battles that you had with your inclination. You don't need the Yaakov thing anymore. Let's let that one go. Let's now talk about being Yisrael. Yisrael is going to be your name. From now on, the name that you are going to be known by, that's best going to describe and define who you are, is Yisrael. Why? Because Lee Royce, you have a head. You are a head, by the way. You've got far ahead of everyone else. You have the ability to have a relationship with Hashem, which is the ultimate form of relationship that any human being can have with God through this attribute of love, through this character that you can have this this deep feeling of love for Hashem. But now we can understand why he kept both names. It's different than Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu was elevated from Avram without a hay to Avraham with a hay. Ah, now we don't want the Avram anymore. So you might think, well, we, we don't really want the Yaakov anymore because now he's Yisrael. Oh, he became a he became a whole Yisrael. The Yaakov is a, like a negative thing. He says, no, no. Now we can understand why he needs both Yaakov and Yisrael. Because you never really let go of the Yaakov. Yaakov is always there hovering in the background. It's like the computer coding. It's the hard drive. It's not necessarily the software, but it's there. It underpins everything. The reason why Yaakov can be Yisrael is because he's Yaakov. If you let go of the Yaakov, then the Yisrael can't be Yisrael. So we need both Yaakov and Yisrael in order to succeed as Yisrael. That's why he keeps both names. We need both in order to be in the service of God. There are times, even if you are Yisrael, that you still need that Yaakov element to keep you going and to propel you forward. But there are times when Yaakov is just not enough. You need the Yisrael in order to reach the level that you need to reach in order to be in that close relationship with God. Which means that ultimately the Yisrael is the proper name, is the name by which we want to be known. We are Bnei Yisrael, we are Am Yisrael, it's Eretz Yisrael. That's the name. We don't want to be Eretz Yaakov because that's a bit of a lower level. But we need the Yaakov in order to be Yisrael. And it's another thing that's hinted at in these two names, Yaakov and Yisrael. We know the Pesach says, distance yourself from evil and do good. So we know that it makes sense. You first begin with Surmeira and then afterwards you Aseitoiv. That's why the Posuk starts with Now we understand the Posuk. The first is Surmeira, Yaakov, 
get away from bad, do the things that you need to do to bring yourself to that level that you can be in Asei Toiv. There's something much better than Sur It's not enough to be a Sur That's never going to be sufficient to get you where you need to be in terms of your relationship with Hashem. But then there's another thing, that you can become a Sur by doing good. Sometimes in order to become a Surmeira, to become a Yaakov, you need to be an Asetov. It's a little bit, it's not necessarily intuitive, but it's very deep. Shemadabek Atzmei Ba'asetov, you do as much as you can. You avoid bad by doing good, by being involved in good. Through that, you have no opportunity to be involved with bad shehu shakuaboy. No longer will you be known as Yaakov because that's not the most important thing. Because Yisrael will be your name. Ultimately, we need to make sure that you are a constant asetoy. Don't focus on the Yaakov. Sometimes, and this is some a trap that we all fall into, particularly Orthodox Jews who are extremely observant and careful with every aspect of the Shulchan Aruch. We sometimes we can become so absorbed with every halacha that we forget the purpose of it is don't become trapped by those things. You need to be an Asay Toiv. The reason you do things in a particular way is not so that you follow the rules and you, it's a checklist. I did this properly. I did that properly. You missed the point. It's Halacha means it's a derech to Hashem. You're on your way to Hashem. Sometimes you get trapped in the Sur Meirah to the extent that we forget that it's Asay Toiv. And perhaps sometimes we need to be Focus on the fact that we are Yisrael. We're not Yaakov. We are Yisrael. And sometimes we need to be very into this idea of we need to be focused on our Yisrael in order so that we do the Sur Meirah properly. We have one more piece here that I'm going to go through and then we'll conclude. Now we can understand why Hashem, when he appeared to Yaakov Avinu, before he went to Egypt, after Joseph had revealed his identity, that Yaakov Avinu was referred to at the beginning of the Pasuk as Yisrael, because it says, uh, it says, he said to Yisrael, when he appeared to him at the ni- in the night, Yaakov, Yaakov, and then he's called Yaakov. Why is he called Yaakov and Yisrael in the same Pasuk? What's Marais Halayla? In the night. Why did he pay him at night? Because this was a bit of a night situation, a darkness. And we're not talking about a physical darkness. It's dark outside and you can see the moon and the stars. We're talking about a spiritual darkness. He's about to go from Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Canaan it was then, but that's a holy place, and he's going to Mitzrayim, Asher Klipasa Hi Ervasa Oretz. It's the ultimate form of Klipa. Mitzrayim, who wants to go there? It's like, it was like the Sodom of its day. It was a place that's full of depravity and sin. Yaakov was extremely frightened in that situation. What am I going to do? I've built myself this wonderful spiritual hub here in Eretz Canaan, and now you're forcing me to go to Egypt. And that's a place where everything could fall apart. But Oz, Hashem said to the Yisrael part of Yaakov, despite the fact that you are now ultimately and in every possible respect Yisrael, when it comes to the Laila, the of Mitzrayim, when you go to this disgraceful, disgusting, despicable place spiritually called Egypt, remember that really the whole platform, the basis for who you are as Yisrael is Yaakov. 
Why? Sheshom ha'avdus b'midas hayira. There, when you get to Mitzrayim, it's going to be the midas hayira that is going to have to prevail. And that stage, you're going to have to go once again back to your original form, which is to grab hold of Esau's heel. altira And because I know that you're still Yaakov, you've never lost the Yaakov. You're still Yaakov. Therefore, I know that you can go to Egypt and you can prevail. I know that because Yaakov is still so strong within you, that Yisrael can succeed and uh, prevail even in a place like Egypt. And this also answers the question as to why at the beginning of Shemais, the first pasuk in Shemais, it says, Again, the use of two different names in one pasuk. These are the names of the Bnei Yisrael who came to Egypt. Es Yaakov. Why do I mention Yaakov? We just mentioned Yisrael. At the beginning, it says, Bnei Yisrael haboy mitzrayimah. Be'etzem heim Bnei Yisrael. Ultimately, their identity is Israel. Shekein shom shem ha'etzem. Because ultimately the predominant name of Yaakov Avinu is Yisrael. It's no longer Yaakov. However, why? Because he'd managed to overcome every challenge that had come his way. When you come to Egypt, when you go down to a place like Egypt, then it's Yaakov and each man in his household who comes. In other words, you need to now grab hold of the strength of the name Yaakov now that you're going to Egypt. You're going to Egypt with the Midah of Yaakov. There, in Egypt, the way you're going to be able to withstand the trials and tribulations of such a dreadful place is because of the fact that you are Yaakov, not because you're Yisrael. Yisrael is not going to be sufficient. You're going to need to go back to basics, back to Yaakov Avinu, in order to get where you need to be. And we know the Pasuk says in Shmois Perik Dalad that when they were in Egypt, God sent a message to Paroi, This is what God said. My child, my firstborn, as it were, Israel, says to you, send out my son so that they can serve me. At that stage, to Paroi, God sends the name Israel. Doesn't call them Yaakov. Am Yisrael who Hashem bonim, because ultimately the definition, the true definition of the nation of Israel, is that they are Israel, that they are through this middle of love, through this middle of closeness, children of Hashem. Bni b'chori Yisrael, shalach es bni ve'avduni. They send out my son, and they and they, and my son, as it were, will serve me ve'avduni. Sheyuchlu lavoid oisi ba'avoid amula, because it was only through being Yisrael that they'll be able to worship me or serve me or have that relationship with me. That's what we're talking about in terms of Avoida is a relationship with God. The highest level of a relationship is through Yisrael. I want them to come out of Egypt. I don't want them to be Yaakov anymore. I want them to be Yisrael, Mr. Paroi. Please send them out so that they can ve'yavduni me that they can serve me as they are meant to, as Yisrael, b'ni b'choyri Yisrael. Ki atam b'yoysem nimtsoyim b'mitzrayim ervat sa'oretz, avodosam rak b'yiras Hashem. Because I don't get that aspect of them, now that they are in Egypt. You are preventing me from having a relationship like a father to a child. I need that relationship, Paroi. Let them out. B'ni b'choyri Yisrael, v'yavduni, so that they can serve me as this name Yisrael, sheyuchlu l'avod oisi b'avodah ha'me'uleh ha'shayeches lohem. As we said, this is the ultimate form of avodah. 
And that's what it means when it says, and I will send you out from underneath the shackles of Egypt. Because what it means is that they are serving God only through this medium of Yira. In Egypt, it's only through Yira. I want you out so that we can have a relationship. I want my child to come out so I can have a father-child relationship, not a master-slave relationship. So that they can serve, serve me properly, that the service, the relationship that they have with God will be in the proper fashion that it needs to be. But Ahavas Hashem, with the love of God, through this concept of you are children to God, your God. We'll leave it here for today. Thank you.